G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Tuesday rolls around, it seems to be really quickly, every week and always wonderful to get an update on those breaking news headlines as they happen around the world and as they are focused on what's happening with the nation of Israel and the surrounding nations in the Middle East. Ron Ross, who does a wonderful job monitoring headlines, joining us once again. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Ron, let's start with a pretty important headline. Uh, when these incidents happen, sometimes they can escalate quickly. An Israeli murdered in Ariel on Monday, Israeli time. And given that we're eight hours ahead, uh, so it just happened really, uh, the terrorist is in hiding. What's the story? This actually happened at about half past ten last night, our time. And I've been following it since early this morning. The terrorist who stabbed to death an Israeli father of four at the Northwest Bank's Ariel Junction holds Israeli citizenship and lives in Jaffa, uh, defense officials have reported this morning. 19-year-old Abad al-Karim Athi managed to evade capture following the attack, even after an IDF officer hit him with his car while in pursuit. It wasn't immediately clear how he was identified, although CCTV footage from the scene showed a man with similar facial features. Hussey used his blue Israeli ID card to spend time on both sides of the Green Line. His father lives in Nablus and his mother lives in Haifa. Hussey had also received social service assistance, included at the Shanti home in Tel Aviv for at-risk youth. He's had a terrible life. His family's uh, divided. He came from a broken family that did not support him. Uh, But the sad case was the man he killed was only a young dad. His victim was Rabbi Itamar Ben-Gal, 29, from the nearby settlement of Habraka. Video from the scene showed the Palestinian attacker crossing the road towards Ben-Gal, who was standing in front of a bus stop and stabbing him. Bengal then fled across the street with the stabber in pursuit. And as you mentioned just a moment ago, uh, the danger is that this kind of thing uh, could escalate. Just before we move on from this story, Ron, the significance of the Israeli man who was murdered being a rabbi, uh, does that intensify the importance of a case like this? Oh, well, it certainly would create a great deal of grief in the area where his people were. And I'm sure throughout Israel there'll be grave concern and a lot of emotions involved. Ron, let's move on. A German report reveals Israel is part of a secret intelligence alliance that's monitoring ISIS members in Europe. Yeah, Israel and Germany apparently are part of a secret intelligence alliance that monitors European ISIS terrorists who have returned to the continent after fighting in Syria and Iraq. This report came from the De Spiegel media in Germany. The German Daily claimed that Berlin recently joined the US-led coalition. 
The gallant Phoenix operation includes 21 member states and is headquartered in Amman, Jordan. Uh, according to De Spiegel, Germany's intelligence service views the operation as a top priority and believes that it will help foil future ISIS-related terror attacks on European soil. In January, Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu commented on Israel's role in preventing terror attacks from taking place in Europe. He said, we have, through our intelligence services, provided information that has stopped several dozen major terrorist attacks, many of them in European countries. Some of these could have been mass attacks of the worst kind that you have experienced on the soil of Europe, and even worse, because they involve civil aviation. Israel has prevented that and thereby helped save many European lives, the Prime Minister said. Well, it's certainly no secret that the intelligence gathering activities of Israel have to be very sophisticated for their own defence and security purposes. But there's another secret Israeli-Egyptian alliance that's combating terror in the Sinai. This is quite amazing and uh, very important. For over two years, unmarked Israeli aircraft have waged a covert campaign against terrorists in Sinai, and it's all been approved by Egyptian President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi. Israel aircraft have conducted over 100 missions in Sinai over the past two years, and that report came from the New York Times. The Sinai Peninsula has become a safe haven for terrorists and jihadist activity in recent years. Despite considerable efforts by Egyptian authorities, not only have the terrorists not been defeated, but the threat they pose has steadily grown. The epitome of the attacks came in late 2015 when Sinai-based terrorists shot down a Russian passenger jet, killing 224 people. In the wake of that attack, however, Israel decided to enter the fray. For over two years, Israeli drones, helicopters and jets waged a covert campaign against terrorist groups in Sinai, consisting of over 100 airstrikes on Egyptian soil. Uh, very interesting that this uh, relationship is carried quietly, uh, while some of the Arab countries might verbalise concerns about Israel. They're certainly cooperating where common enemies are involved. Ron, let's turn some attention to Israel and their relationship with Palestinian territories. Uh, amid threats of war, Israel planning to send aid to Gaza. Yeah, this comes at a time when the Hamas spokesman said that there's a 95% chance of war with Israel sometime this year. Israel's security establishment is reportedly lobbying the government to send Israeli-made food and medicine to the Gaza Strip for the first time in a bid to prevent the deteriorating humanitarian conditions from spiraling into war violence. While Israel facilitates the transfer of aid into Gaza on a daily basis through the Karim Shalom border crossing, those goods are provided by the United Nations and other relief organizations. According to Israeli media, however, a dossier was recently sent to Netanyahu in which senior defense officials stressed their belief that while Hamas, which rules the Palestinian enclave, is not presently interested in a conflict, an economic collapse in the Strip would make such a scene inevitable. 
The warning comes after UN Special Envoy to the Middle East, Nikolai Mudnadov, told a security conference in Tel Aviv last week that Gaza was on the verge of a total system failure. In a potential sign of things to come, the pan-Arab Al-Hayat newspaper reported Sunday Hamas believes there's a 95% chance that Israel will launch a war against it in the coming days as part of an army exercise scheduled in the south. Well, there are significant developments to follow this year, and one of those that may happen fairly quickly, the Palestinian Authority Chairman Mahmoud Abbas is to request full UN membership at the UN Security Council this month. Yeah, and I was interested that Israel breaking news when they reported this quoted Joel 4.2 from the Israeli Bible. I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will contend with them over my very own people, Israel, which they scattered among the nations, for they divided my land among themselves. Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas is scheduled to address the United Nations Security Council later this month amid growing tensions with the United States. Abbas, who is scheduled to speak to the international body on February 20, has said that he will ask the Security Council to grant full UN membership to the Palestinians and for an international panel to oversee peace talks with Israel. This will be a good thing for members of the Security Council to listen to the President himself. No Council members rejected this proposal, said Kuwait's UN Ambassador Mansoud Ayed al-Obibi, the Council President during February. The Abbas speech will come amid increasing tensions between the United States and the Palestinians in recent weeks. President Donald Trump has threatened to withhold aid to the Palestinians if they do not restart peace negotiations. Uh, there's a lot of angst between the parties involved here. Sure is. And Ron, always love your insights and your reporting on archaeological discoveries that really affirm the scriptures, Old Testament and New. And now some excavations are revealing first temple treasures and a large pool system outside of Jerusalem. Yeah, a large and majestic system of pools from the Byzantine period that's the 4th to the 6th century CE, a fragment of a capital typical of royal structures and estates in the First Temple period, and a rare silver coin from the 40th century BCE, one of the most ancient ever unearthed in the Jerusalem area. They were found in excavation at Ein Hania, southwest of Jerusalem, just short of the 1967 Green Line. The excavations, headed by uh, archaeologists Irene Zilberbod and Yaakov Billig, under the direction of the Jerusalem District archaeologist Dr. Baruch, were carried out as part of the establishment of the Ein Haniya Park and were financed by the Jerusalem Development Authority in cooperation with the Israel Nature and Parks Authority. According to Zilberbod, the most significant find in the excavation is a large and impressive pool from the Byzantine period. This pool was built in the centre of a spacious complex at the foot of a church that once stood there. Roofed colonnades were built around the pool, giving access to residential wings. Zilverbud noted that it's difficult to know what the pool was used for, whether for irrigation, washing, landscaping, or perhaps 
as part of a baptismal ceremony. The pool's water drained through a network of channels to a magnificent structure, the first of its kind to be discovered in uh, Israel. Settlement of the area in Ein Hania apparently began at the time of the first temple, and perhaps even earlier. The most outstanding find from this period, uncovered in this excavation, is a fragment of, of an artistic element typical of structures and estates of the kings of the first temple period. The image of one such capital appears on the Israeli five-shekel coins. Similar capitals have been found in the city of David in Jerusalem, which was the capital of the kingdom of Judah, and in Rabat Rakel, where one of the palaces palaces of the kings of Judah was found. Such capitals were also found in Samaria, Megiddo, Katsor, which were major cities in the kingdom of Israel. This is important. According to Jerusalem District archaeologist Dr. Baruch, we believe that some early Christian commentators identified Ein Haya as the site where the Ethiopian eunuch was baptized as described in Acts 8, 26-40. The baptism of the eunuch by St. Philip was one of the key events in the spread of Christianity. Therefore, identifying the place where it occurred occupied scholars for many generations and became a common motive in Christian art. It's an amazing discovery. It is amazing and always appreciate your capacity, Ron Ross, to be able to identify those stories that are so important for us to understand every Tuesday morning. Certainly, thank you so much for giving those details once again. The breaking news that comes on a Tuesday really is outstanding. Ron Ross, thanks again for delivering some great stuff for us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.